Hello, and welcome to the Collider Podcast. I'm Collider Senior Editor Matt Goldberg, and with me is Managing Editor Adam Chitwood. Howdy, folks. And TV Editor Liz Shannon Miller. Hello. Today, we'll be talking about the first two episodes of Loki, the new Marvel Disney Plus series. We saw these episodes, I guess it was a couple weeks ago now. Like, they sent us the first two episodes. So we, we now everyone is caught up at the same place there. Are, and, and Liz, you can correct me if I'm wrong. They're not going to send out any more episodes, I don't think, because that's just they don't need to. They don't need to. To quote Arrested Development, it's like they get off on being withholding. Um, <laughs> you know, they have them ready. They, you know, they could put, send them out. And, you know, they have it time for time. I mean, honestly, I was just glad they gave us the first two because mm-hmm. uh, for Loki, because uh, that was that's never always a guaranteed thing. We only I I actually did not officially review uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier uh, when it premiered because they only gave us one episode. And I was like, I cannot judge the show based on this. <laughs> and frankly, I'm glad I didn't because um, by the end of that season, I was like, eh, this did not go yeah. as well as if as it could have. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, but I feel like the first two episodes of Loki were definitely definitely feel like a good a good uh, indication of what the show is. It feels like it's it's not hiding any 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 dark terrible uh, tricks coming down the pipeline, or who knows? It should hide dark terrible tricks. That's the character's whole thing. He's the god of mischief. Yes, but maybe some maybe other forces are even more mysterious mm. and mischievous. Mischievous is what I meant yes. to say there. Yeah, I would say, you know, for those tuning in, uh, we will get into some spoilers for the first two episodes. So if you haven't seen those two episodes and don't want to know anything, just, you know, hop on Disney Plus. They're there. They're waiting for you. And they go down smooth. They're very entertaining. And and I actually rewatched them because, you know, I watched the screeners and I don't know if it was just my TV or the screeners, but the lighting quality was very poor, which was a shame because this is a gorgeous show. This, mm-hmm. The production design is stunning. The, the score is fantastic. It looks looks great um but what really jumped out at me on these first two episodes is that whereas falcon and the winter soldier is was very action heavy it was very much about its set pieces uh this feels more in line with wandavision where it's really more about characters in a room talking if you look at the first episode the centerpiece of that episode is just mobius and loki in a room having a chat that's mm-hmm. the centerpiece of about, your first about episode. A, like existential crisis. <laughs> yes, exactly. About what is it like? What is your identity? Why do you do the things you do? And can you be trusted? You know, and even in the second episode where they're sort of, you know, mind hunting and, and being investigators, there's still like not that much action, which is, again, a nice sort of change. I think if your whole point of these Marvel series is let's spend some more time with these supporting characters, then let's spend time with them. Let's not load it up with actions. Yeah, I yeah. agree. I mean, I, when I was writing my recap, uh, I was, you know, going through, I was going through the episode. I, you know, at, at this point I've seen both episodes at least three or four times. Uh, and I was going through the episode and uh the, the the like there is like a good middle chunk of that episode which is just Loki and Mobius talking about life and ta- you know, Mobius talking a little bit about like his purpose on in, in, in existence and all that and you know I feel like hopefully we're going to get more details on what exactly is going on with the TVA and all that because that feels like a big an increasingly big question mark the more you think about this show and analyze it uh, but yeah I think like 
like you said, I'm really glad this is an hour long because I feel like if it was pushed to the half hour, if it, if it was crunched down to half hour episodes, even if there were like nine episodes like there were with WandaVision, I don't think we'd get these stretches of these stretches of time where it's just really interesting, smart character work and also good world building. Yeah, it is. Oh, go ahead, Adam. Well, yeah, I was going to say the two main things stuck out to me when I watched these first two episodes in terms of what I really liked about this show. Um, One was that they were just talking about like life and the meaning of life and does your life matter? But two, something that I thought they set up really well, which goes into Liz's point about the world building, is that you don't matter. Everything you thought was important does not matter. Like you are in a different part. Like the TVA is so, these infinity stones are paperweights. Like it doesn't matter. So like that really flips what you are expecting from the series on its head, but also flips Loki as a character on his head because Loki as a character has always thrived on being, he's trying to get to the top of the mountain and he realizes that he's not on a mountain, he's on a pebble and the mountain's way over there and he can't get over there. Well, not not only that, but I mean, the first episode is mockingly titled Glorious Purpose. Yeah. Which, you know, for Loki, he has always assumed that, you know, this glorious purpose is to rule. And the and what he learns is not only is that not your purpose, your purpose is to make other people better in terms of like by failing. <laughs> your purpose <laughs> is to lose and be defeated and make other people look good through your failure. But also that, you know, your glorious purpose ended by getting, you know, choked to death by Thanos. <laughs> the end. Yeah. That end was your, file. this is the end of file. This has been your life. And it really is sort of, you know, I got heavy Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead vibes from that mm-hmm. first episode where it's, you have this sort of these side characters who are on this rail and they don't, you know, why are we moving this way? Why, why are we, why is our story this way? And it's that sort of sense of existential dread of, you know, wanting to change your narrative and not being able to. And now Loki is sort of being presented with a chance to change his narrative in a way that I feel is far grander than any sort of uh, hero turn that he could do because now he's faced with, you know, even if you think about ruling, ruling what i mean and and episode two hints that like oh well maybe he wants to take over the tva but honestly i think as as great as the world building has been with the tva it seems like the tva exists to be destroyed in the marvel universe <laughs> if if your very first episode is we're here to prevent a multiverse and there's a movie coming up says multiverse called multiverse of madness <laughs> written by I the same writer no less right yeah. same writer <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I would say that the TVA was not that successful in preventing the yeah. multiverse. Can I something something that you, what you're what you're what you're talking about really pops out to me though is the fact that yeah on the surface there's a lot there there you know there is this like major existential crisis moment for Loki as a character, but and I think and but what makes the show I think work so far and what makes it pretty compelling is the fact that. Uh, you know, despite all that, Loki as a character still bounces back from it. And he, you know, it's it's not very not very much at all in the download. But yeah, he's like, I he basically as soon as he gets finds gets the rug pulled out from underneath him, he goes looking for another rug essentially. And he's like, okay, well now my now he he has a very clear objective 
at least he has a very clear objective that is kind of buried in some of the dialogue that isn't really, which is he wants to find the timekeepers and figure out some way to manipulate them because that's what he does. So even I, I think the fact that this show is very focused, very focused on who Loki is as a character and what motivates him and what his goals are. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's very basic screenwriting one-on-one stuff. You know, what, who is your protagonist and what do they want? But at the same time, like that's something that can, can easily get lost sight of uh, in, in shows like this. I would argue Falcon, the winter soldier kind of was a mess in this regard because there were a lot of muddled motivations happening. Uh, yeah. But, and, but like the way that Loki is centered around Loki as a character and Loki as someone who has, has still has goals and objectives, but hasn't like lost sight of them, uh, it, you know, is still is adapting. Is well, really that's, no, and I would also oh, say that it's not just adapting, but also trying to find a new path for this character. Um, in a weird way, something like the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is about reasserting um, as much as it's about change and sort of like who takes up the mantle. At the end of the day, it sort of takes as a given good that there should be a Captain America. There should, you know, this shield should be had. Someone needs to fill this role. It changes based on who has it, but this is a given thing. Whereas even Thor Ragnarok admits, you know, there's that conversation between Thor and Loki where he's like, your, your shtick is getting old, essentially. You know, like it's just kind of predictable. Don't you want to change who you are? And I think an interesting question at the center of this is, can you change? And literally he has the word variant on his back. So... <laughs> I think that's sort of, you know, that's sort of fun nod to, you know, what Loki's arc is in this, uh, in this story. Well, that's what I really liked about episode two is that it doesn't undo what happened in the first episode, which is him like confronting, I don't matter. But instead of, I feel like the thing that Falcon and the Winter Soldier suffered from and, and frankly, just other TV shows is that, you know, it didn't go, okay, in this next episode, we need to sit and wallow with Loki and let's just really have him sad Maybe he's moping around and then we'll get back to the plot in episode three. It moves forward and immediately Loki. So again, it doesn't undo what happened in episode one, but he's finding a new path. He's like, all right, chaos, I guess. Like I will do whatever I can to muck all of this up. Uh, and that's exemplified by that moment at the end of episode two, where he meets the Loki variant, which is Lady Loki, maybe. Uh, it is a female variant of Loki, we should say, because I think people are expecting like a full on comics adaptation here. And I doubt that that's what's happening. Um, but he does look conflicted as he steps through that portal. He sees that she set all those reset charges, which presumably are now blowing up the timeline. So they are creating a multiverse or something is what it looks like. Cause we flash back to the TVA and the, you know, it's all going haywire. There's no way they can like get things back on track, but he does look conflicted. Do I, do I stay here with Mobius? They're running after me. They think I did this. I'll just accept that I'm the bad guy. I'm going to step through the portal here and go and just continue creating chaos. Yeah, I don't think the power of that cliffhanger really set in set in for me the first time I watched it. But there's, I mean, it, it, but it is like, I mean, it's a good reminder, frankly, that this is only a six episode season. So, and while there is talk of the second season, like we're a third of the way through the story now. But I mean, there is a lot packed into that fine in, into those final moments. And the thing I am really, I'm very excited about this the third episode addressing hopefully likely right away is are the is, is the cataclysmic event set off by the reset charges 
actually a cataclysmic event? Because it looks cataclysmic definitely at the end of episode two, but is it actually going to be a huge, a huge freaking deal? Or is it just meant to be a distraction while Lady Loki does some other thing? And I feel like that's going, that that's like the, because it actually, in talking about it now, like if, if they did put this huge cataclysmic event at the end of episode two, uh, what does that mean the climax of episode five or six is? Like what, where do we go from here if we've blown up the entire sacred timeline? Uh, and I, that's that's now that's now gonna that's now gonna stick with me as a question, but in the meantime, I'm really excited. I, I feel like it's a really exciting uh, way to keep the momentum going. Does yeah, anyone feel- else get like great and powerful Oz vibes from Gugu and Batha Ra's character? Like, oh no, I was talking to the timekeepers and they said, mm. like, are I mean, the there's, there's, are they dead? there's the definitely is, a vibe there. Yeah, yeah, the TVA is definitely not all that it appears. Yeah, and, well, we and, should, I, and really, Miss Minutes is running the show. Yeah, well, we should we should talk about the thing you brought up, Matt, uh, earlier today in on Slack, uh, which is the the question of you know, are, why aren't there other species hanging out uh, in the TVA, or why why does everyone present as human? Because I do I do find that really fascinating. Yeah, to me, that was sort of that was a for for something for a place where clearly design was a they they put a lot of thought into the design of the TVA, obviously, but also like this is Marvel. We know that there's a big cosmic universe, and so if you get into a Guardians movie, we've seen tons of other species. But when you go to the TVA, everyone is human or look or uh, presents as human. Uh, so the question then is, you know, why do they present this way? And I guess from a budget standpoint, you're like, well, it's just too much to, to do prosthetics and CG for, to have all these different species, like to basically men in black it, to make it look like, well, it's sort of this look at all this thing. And maybe to be honest, if, if the idea of the TVA is to convey authority and the whole point of the TVA is to create a uniform timeline, you would want to present as uniform as possible Mm -hmm. but then that raises the question well the the universe that they oversee is not as uniform as possible so again it it raises questions that again goes back to the tva is likely not all that it appears yeah i mean i i like my cat my my the thing i've been wondering about is is does everyone present as vaguely human looking to loki because loki is himself human looking if it was gamera in the same situation if, if, if this is Gamera, the TV show, which, by the way, actually, you know, Gamera's had her own dealings with the timeline. She could be an interesting, she, she's potentially a variant waiting to happen or something. Uh, but it, would everyone be green if, uh, if, it was, if it was a Gamera show and she was in the TVA? Like, would everyone look green yeah. to her? Well, and what's, one of the things about the time about the TVA is that you kind of have to sort of, I think with all the time traveling that's now entering the MCU, you kind of have to just kind of throw up your hands and be like, don't try to solve it. Because like, what does it mean to, to reset a timeline? I think it's still kind of unclear, at least to me, because for instance, they went and reset the timeline where, where Loki doesn't escape, right? Doesn't grab the, the time stone or the, the space stone, the Tesseract and vanish. Okay. But if Loki doesn't grab the Tesseract and vanish, then there's no need for, Iron for Iron Man and Captain America to go America to go back to the 1940s to get the space stone. You see, like you see the ripple effects, and then there's no reason to like when 
Captain mm. America goes back in time to re- put the space stone back. Basically, I don't understand. I still don't completely understand what a reset charge is. I even watching, you know, having seen the episode twice, if a reset is just put it back the way it was supposed to be, to me, Avengers Endgame can only unfold that one way. So Loki has to disappear. And now you see, I'm like, and I sort of am just happily just throwing up my hands. And the line I think about is in Looper where Bruce Willis is like, we would be making diagrams with straws, you know, <laughs> like you just, you kind of have to be like, whatever it's time doesn't travel. Matter. It's fictional. It doesn't matter. And the core of this story is not the mechanics of time travel, even though there is the time variance authority, it's about Loki's character arc, which I think is the more compelling element anyway. Yeah. You yeah. just brought, you just brought up two really interesting things. One is that, I had kind of taken the show. I, 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 you know, I've seen Endgame a whole bunch of times uh, as I'm an American crowd. I'm <laughs> true. Uh, and I, but I had, so I know Endgame really well as a narrative, but I hadn't, I just kind of taken the show at face value when it, when it was like, oh yeah, the, you know, everything that happened in Endgame was supposed to happen except for Loki escaping. But you are right. Loki escaping is what triggers a pretty big chunk of the plot of Endgame ultimately. Um, and they don't, they do not, in fact, like little things like, does Steve Rogers still g- do what he does at the end of Endgame if he hadn't had that flash of gotten to see uh, Peggy, Peggy in the year 19, in the 1970s? Like, would he have still made that choice? Like, the more it, it does kind of unravel, the more you think about it. Um, so now that I, I'm just kind of bookmarking that for myself as something to consider, consider in more depth. The other thing I want to mention is that in answer to the question of like reset charges, I think it's a really important point that we don't exactly understand how they work. And I pulled up the quote from, from the, from episode two, that is essentially the explanation for them, which is they prune the affected radius of a branch timeline, allowing time to heal all its wounds, which by the way, sounds like a nice way of saying disintegrate everything in its vicinity, Um, which is kind of what we see happen. So but the question of like, does just destroying everything that was nearby the, you know, branching event, like, is that really enough to fix it? I well, just and also, like what, what does that even here. destruction, what does that destruction even mean? Like, does it yeah. kill people? Like, if you were to set a reset charge at the moment that Loki branched off the timeline, would you kill the Avengers? Like, again, I still don't understand what a reset does. Yeah. And I think, well, and I wrote up the uh, quotes from Michael Waldron about it. And he said that it's supposed to be, we're, it's supposed to be a little bit. So we're supposed to take the TVA at face value, but also we're supposed to maybe question, is it, is that really what's happening? And are they really doing what you're saying they're doing? And, oh no, I've gone cross-eyed. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, no, I mean, and that's the thing. And I think that sort of the weirdness of it also makes it kind of fun and captivating. Uh, it makes it, I like the fact, sort of like where we were with WandaVision, like what's real, what's not. And I think by keeping us on our toes and not letting us sort of have, I think it's a lot more rewarding to be like, can I trust, like I the, I understand the TVA as it is presented to us. Mm-hmm. Do I trust it? That's another matter. But at least I understand it as opposed to like the flag smashers who I never understood as a concept. (laughs) Yes. Well, I think that's a testament to, I mean, we can't talk about Loki without talking about uh, Rick and Morty, Uh, not just because Michael Waldron, who's the head writer, you know, came up on Rick and Morty as a writer, 
but also a couple of the other writers on Loki are also from Rick and Morty. Um, And like, I think Kevin Feige just started like pulling people for Rick and Morty because Rick and Morty does this thing where like the, the the sci-fi makes a lot of sense, but then since the show is so self-referential, you can have moments where they're like, don't fucking think about it, Morty. It doesn't make sense. Like, don't think about it too hard or they can talk to the audience. So Loki isn't quite doing that. My grandson had notes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So Loki isn't quite doing that, but it does have clearly people who have done this before and have probably had big whiteboards with timelines and stuff. Um, So I'm excited to find the fun ways that they navigate that throughout the rest of the season. Because like you say, like we're like, you understand what it's presenting to you, even if you maybe don't trust it. Whereas with some other shows, it was kind of like, huh? Even with, and I loved WandaVision, but even like the white vision stuff, I was like, wait, what now? <laughs> right. Exactly and that's what's happening here. And look, there could definitely, I mean, we have four episodes to go at this point. It could easily fall off the rails. Like it could, I mean, that's the thing. That's the thing about these shows. It's hard to review them based only off the, what we essentially is the first act. Right. Um, well, especially because, and God, I hate this. I hate it so much. But these are movies, not they. They are these are very much being approached as movies and not TV shows, or at least that is how Kevin Feige has been pitching them to everyone. Um, and it feel you can certainly feel like that's how they've been breaking them because mm-hmm. it doesn't. And I say Loki and WandaVision succeed more than Falcon and the Winter Soldier does in terms of having distinct episodes. But it is very clear that it is like a six-hour story that is being told. Well, right. yeah. I, I'm gonna. I'm sorry. I just want to point out that you know WandaVision yes 100% agree Falcon the Winter Soldier yes 100% agree however Feige did say that they have been developing some shows you know some Disney plus Marvel shows with the assumption that there would be a second season and it does kind of sound like Loki falls into that category yeah um like you know when asked directly about this he did say they're he, he you know they are they they do try to keep it the approach at one at a time like one season at a time one movie at a time but in the case of loki loki and we've heard we've gotten this report from other other people involved that it does there are definitely going to be D, uh, mcu shows that are meant to be multiple seasons and i mean loki could easily be one of them yeah that's fair and i could definitely see it progressing especially with the the kind of universe they've built out here right yeah well and that's the thing i mean it's sort of and and also i think feige and correct me if i'm wrong but he's also like loki is the one loki is a show that's going to have big ramifications for the mcu and i'm you know but i wonder if that's just you know a selling point or rather i feel like he said that about all three of them it's certainly true about all of them yeah, I mean, they 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 officially made Sam Captain America with Falcon the Winter Soldier. They officially launched uh, the Scarlet Witch with uh, WandaVision. And yeah, whatever. I mean, I think that actually, honestly, I think Loki is perhaps the one that's needs that most the most of that hype because Loki's place within the MCU is pretty much up in the air. Like up until like uh, you know he you know, the character died in Infinity War and like what, what, however Loki season one ends, like that'll be, you know, we don't have a a set idea in mind of what his end game is. And anytime you talk about the MCU and you use the word end game, I always feel like kicking myself (laughs) in the, punching myself in the face, but you know. I guess, but it feels like with, 
Loki as a character in particular and with the introduction of the TVA and if we're like heading towards a multiverse like that kind of opens up you can kind of do whatever you want kind of like Rick and Morty we're like well, that's sort they'll of... hit a scenario and they'll be like fuck it we're going to the other timeline Morty's like what we weren't in our timeline He's like no I wouldn't do this in our time <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, just that... kind of move on oh geez oh geez that's uh, the vat of acid episode where it's just like everything goes horribly <laughs> and they move over he's like you think i'd use our timeline to teach you a lesson uh <laughs> but there you know i would feel like part of me i i like these i you know these mcu, MCU shows are interesting i kind of w- want loki to branch off into its own thing simply because the idea of uh, Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston palling around doing solving time crimes just episodically sounds so much fun. But like, yeah. because it has to be, you know, the MC, like people would get pissed. People would be like, no, it has to, it has to connect. It has to affect the other things. I'm like, but why can't they just be time crime buddies? Yeah. Why can't yeah, they no. just like go on time adventures? Mm-hmm. Honestly, the part, the, 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 the one like downside for me of the way episode two ends is that I thoroughly enjoyed uh, the sequence in episode two where they just kind of figure out where Lady Loki might be. Um, like that was, that was some, that I mean, it wasn't like a lot of the episode, but it was some sharp, uh, some sharp procedural writing that was also really fun. And the, like the whole Pompeii sequence uh, was, you know, was delightful in its bleak, awful way. And uh, yeah, if I, I agree, like I would watch even if, if, if season one doesn't shape up that way, then I hope season two, like, you know, just give me, give me the, give me the time crimes procedural. I'm, I'm for it. I'm down. I'm here. So you're saying they just need to bring in Jerry O'Connell and call it a Sliders reboot at this point. Yes! Why not have a Sliders reboot, for God's sake? Sliders reboot when? Ah, uh, the right. dream! It's happening. <laughs> Secretly, Marvel Studios bought the rights to Sliders. <laughs> <a> slider. <laughs> they can afford it. Why not? Jerry O'Connell just slides in. Why not? Oh, <laughs> uh, what a great show. <laughs> But yeah, there are definitely like mind hunter vibes, and and Matt, to your point, I didn't want to, I didn't want to end this podcast without also noting, I think the craft on this show is impeccable. Oh God, yeah. Um, you know, Autumn Durald, uh, Autumn Durald Arkapaw is the cinematographer. She's married to Adam Arkapaw, who did uh, that True Detective long shot that everyone loves. Mm. Autumn did, um, gosh, The Sun Also Rises. I think is is the name of the movie that looked really great. Um, but also, like should be said, the director, the composer, and the cinematographer, all of whom are really clearly doing incredible work, are women on the show, which is rare in <laughs> this kind of medium. Um, so I think that's also worth noting. Especially a female composer. I feel like of all the of all the branches, female composers are the most the least yeah. represented. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and fresh and off uh, Hildur winning the Oscar for Joker, I think it's it's high time that we're seeing these women are creating really fascinating sport and there's the of... first woman never win no Jeez. she wasn't no oh, she wasn't rachel portman won for emma oh good oh i didn't know that and and if i didn't correct you on that my wife would come down on me <laughs> <laughs> like like, a, like like the, the fury of thor <laughs> <laughs> because we've gotten that wrong in the past and she let me know it it's like you need to mention rachel portman um, we always do rachel portman's amazing yes um anyway sorry i, I I cut somebody off there. No, it's fine. I was just saying that I love the, I mean, it's hard to make a banging theremin score, but so far they are succeeding on, uh, on Loki. 
Um, something I want to mention before we before before we run out of time is uh, I, I just kind of wanted to get your guys' read on the big scene between uh, Gugu and uh, Gugu and Mobius. I, I, no, Ravana. Ravana is her character's name, and it's such a good name. I can't believe I was bl- Ravana Renslayer. Um, but this, the big scene between her and Mobius, uh, where Mobius keeps taunting her about all the other agents she has working for her. And also makes a big note. Uh, there's like the episode, like full on, does like the big. This is going to be important later. Close up on the Franklin D. Roosevelt High School pen, and I wanted to get your guys' read on that scene. On that scene, and you know, did was was there anything that popped out for you, like in terms of like Easter eggs or whatnot, that you feel like is going to be important later? Because I feel like that's the scene where we're going to want to break it down again in like three weeks. I mean, I feel like I'm such a sucker for that scene because like I missed all of the plot stuff and I was just looking at the character stuff between Ravenna and and Mobius because obviously they have a history, but the show isn't entirely letting us in on what that history is. If if they were, you know, co-workers and she got advanced ahead of him or if there was something romantic there. And so that's sort of where, you know, I am very much following the show's misdirection. I am a sucker. (laughs) I was, uh, that was the scene where I was like, someone's up to something here. <laughs> uh, and it was in that scene where I thought that maybe she was the variant that was killing people. Mm-hmm. But the Franklin D. Roosevelt pen makes me believe that she's been traveling through time, maybe unauthorized, doing mm. something. Um, but that's, that's also, interesting. It's kind of the law and order thing of like, you don't cast Gugu and Bathara to just be Owen Wilson's boss, do you? I mean, I guess you could, but you know. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time I've seen her grossly misused or yeah, underused. that's the thing i like <laughs> we know she's great but i don't know but it's similar I mean, to like Catherine hahn and she's not just the nosy neighbor you're not that, that is yeah, a very was, good point yeah well yeah but that yeah that's a good point that's a good point so yeah there's we'll probably but, uh, more going yeah on here. i could be wrong see also the entire cast of dr strange they <laughs> <laughs> would cast that's rachel amazing. mcadams as just the girl why would they do something why so would you like why that? would you put she would tell Ejiofor and Michael and um, Michael, Michael Stuhlbarg <laughs> and, and uh, you know, Tilda Swinton. Why would you make this amazing cast of characters to, to do this? Stuhlbarg Why? is a glorified extra. His biggest scene is he's getting a bag of chips out of the vending machine. Yes, exactly. I completely <laughs> forgot he was in that film. There you go. <laughs> just, an, just a murderer's row of talent for a, a <laughs> film that I tried rewatching recently and couldn't make it past the first 20 minutes. Oof, yikes. Um, anyway, uh, but, you know, hope springs eternal for Doctor Strange 2, which continues to hover over these MCU shows. Sam <laughs> Raimi's first becoming movie in most... over a decade. Yeah, we're going to talk about Oz the Great and Powerful. Yeah, Sam, <laughs> Sam Raimi's first movie in over a decade. Jeez Louise, I hadn't realized that. Oz the Great and Powerful was the last one. What? Again, like Oz the great and powerful. <laughs> that, that I'm sorry, you're talking. You're clearly talking about a movie that doesn't exist. <laughs> no, so like apparently at one point there was this movie with James Franco, and he was like, it was based off Wizard of Oz. I know it sounds crazy. I mean, <laughs> it, it, now you're next. You're going to be telling me that Mila Kunis was in that movie. Who would put Mila mm. Kunis in an Oz movie? That just doesn't make any sense. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I wonder if Oz the Great and Powerful is even on Disney Plus. <laughs> Probably is. They seem shameless. I mean, but... some of their things are, and some of them like are just buried. I don't know. All right. I'm actually going to look that up. <laughs> You're going to look it up right now. now. Yeah. 
now yeah. this is this is now the Oz and Great and Powerful cast. <laughs> you tune in for Loki, but you're going to get something else on the show. You can, in fact, watch uh, Oz the Great and Powerful on Disney+. Plus. Why you would want to is a... Is a is oh, wait, a no, it's not movie. available. It wait, it was... That, wow. It, no, I, I Googled it, and then there was a link to it on Google, but then it, with a plot description and everything, but then it said it wasn't available. So maybe it'll be available in the future. So it's sort of like a John Carter thing where it's like, yeah, technically they own it, but it, someone else has it right now. They, they've made the dummy page for whenever they do right. have the rights to it. Who knows? Who knows? You can watch Return to Oz. Which is oh yeah, which which will give which is some great nightmare fuel. (laughs) So that's our Loki podcast. (laughs) That's that's the Loki podcast. Somehow became about Wizard of Oz uh, adaptations. All right. Well, thank you all so much for listening. If you want to keep up with this podcast, you should follow us on Twitter. Liz, where can we find you on Twitter? I'm on Twitter at Lizlet. That's L I Z L E T. And Adam, where can we find you? At Adam Chitwood. And you can find me at Matt Goldberg. Thanks for listening, everyone. And we'll be back with you next week.